Hello, and welcome to episode 130 of My Circus, My Monkeys. As I mentioned last time, I created a survey so you could tell me what you wanted to know in 2024. Last time, we tackled how to make those difficult conversations more productive and less stressful. Well, as I was perusing the results of that survey for this time, I came across a question about having a well-rounded team, and specifically, what happens when you have all these folks around you with different talents, but you find those talents to be draining? The writer of our question for this week seemed to feel that they were stuck in an either-or situation. Either they and their needs would win, and they would have a good day, or the other person would. So today we're gonna talk about how to navigate situations where people have different talent themes that seem to be opposed and seem to be getting in each other's way. So if you've experienced similar situations, stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So we're going to start out with the listener's full question. And that's something we've discussed is creating a well-rounded team. Well, dear Anne, what if you don't have one? What if your colleague's way of executing drains you throughout the workday? What if something you provide them gives them energy but takes yours away? I have a colleague whose strengths shows up in relationships And they use a lot of time throughout the workday to build those relationships, which impedes your ability to do work. While I like all individuals to walk away from their day feeling energized and successful, it feels as though though only one of us can have a day like that because our strengths, behaviors, and priorities are at odds. So we have indeed talked about the benefits of having a well-rounded team. And that does mean having folks with divergent talent themes. And going back to that whole strengths philosophy, you know that when everyone focuses on what they do best, the entire group is more productive. We are limited in our abilities and perceptions when we only rely on our own talent themes to get things done. So surrounding ourselves with folks who bring different ways of thinking and expertise can just give us better results. However, That does not mean that everyone is using their talents as strengths. Remember, talent is a naturally recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. And that means the things you and the folks around you do best can help you be productive, but they can also show up as weaknesses. When we're stressed, it's even more likely that we're going to double down on our talents and use them in ways that feel comfortable for us, but are actually getting in the way of our own or the people around us productivity. 
And that seems to be what's going on here. So the question writer feels frustrated and stuck. And I'll wager they also feel a sense of obligation to accommodate these behaviors and be supportive and a team player. And I think many of us fall into this trap. I mean, if you've gone into higher ed, you're a caring person, right? You don't want to seem rude or uncaring. So we tend to let other people go on and on. Meanwhile, you're getting more and more frustrated while trying to get out of the conversation and think about all the work that you're not getting done. And as this person stated, it does seem to be a win-lose situation. So how does one navigate situations where two people seem to have different wants and needs stemming from their talent themes? Is there a way to turn this into a win-win? Well, as you probably guessed by the way we're talking about it today, there is a solution. I'm going to talk you through two key elements that our writer and you can use so that everyone on a diverse team can get their needs met and feel energized throughout the day. And those two things are communicating with a strengths-based language and setting boundaries. First, let's dive into how you can use a strengths-based language to help resolve these types of situations. This approach is helpful whether you're talking with a coworker, team members, or even your supervisor. When you and your team know your strengths, know your top five, know your top 10, it gives you a language to use to discuss, strat- to discuss strategies and solutions so that you can be more productive as a team. When people don't know this information, individual behaviors or their way of doing things become focused on who that person is. In other words, it's easy to make and take things personally if you don't know the underlying talent that's really at play. I'll use a personal example to explain what I mean. Back when I worked on campus, my last campus job, I worked with a great team of coworkers, and generally we did get along, but there were some points of friction. Two of my top five are idea, ideation and strategic. So whenever we would plan something, I got excited. I love the brainstorming part. And my goal was always to develop an innovative way to achieve whatever our goals were. Sounds good, right? Well, my coworker, Rebecca, had Achiever in her top five. So whenever we'd start discussing what we should do, I'd throw out my first idea, and Rebecca would almost immediately go into planning mode. She'd be all, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we need somebody to do A, B, and C. Who's going to do A? And it would drive me nuts. Why? Because for me, the first idea was just a starting point for our discussion, and so we could develop the best idea for our purposes. But her focus was on executing the task. Before we knew one another's top five, we would get frustrated with one another. I would be thinking, why is she ruining this process? This first idea isn't even that great. Why is she like this? Again, it's personal. And she'd be thinking, OMG, how many ideas does this bleep need to have? We just need to pick one and get it done. And we would both 
be polite and try to push our agenda forward without calling each other out. But all the while, we were becoming frustrated with one another. And by frustrated, I mean pissed off. But after we took Clifton's strengths, we realized what was actually going on. It wasn't that Rebecca was a micromanager who wanted to take over every project. And it wasn't that I just like to have a sounding board for all my brilliant ideas. It was that she was focused on the details of getting things done while I was focused on big picture things. And both are important to the process. Rebecca definitely didn't want to have to come up with the ideas, and I definitely did not want to have to organize them. And theoretically, that's space for a win-win. But it wasn't until we knew and talked about strengths as a team that we had a way to think about and process what was happening without making it personal. I could tell Rebecca, I know you want to get started putting an action plan together, but I think we can come up with a better plan that will accomplish our goals. Can we take 15 more minutes to brainstorm and then you can take over? Or she could tell me, and you have great ideas, but we need to get this done. Can we choose one of the ideas already on the table and move forward? And that is a way different mindset and it's a way different tone than avoiding the issue or having a conversation that breaks down into personal jabs. Not saying anything was actually draining to both of us. And we thought we were being polite by not saying anything. Because, and we didn't say anything because we didn't know how to broach the topic in a productive way. And all of that was negatively impacting our relationship and the whole team's productivity. I know the person who wrote in feels like they're kind of a hostage in this situation, but I'm guessing if we ask the other person, they'd say this dynamic didn't always work for them either. And I'll expand on that a bit later. Now, in this example, I was talking about a coworker because we'd started talking about strengths as a team. We could just have those discussions amongst ourselves. We didn't have to have a formal one-on-one or anything like that. And part of this process included thinking about and talking about how our talent themes sometimes got in our way. And that made it easier for us to talk to one another when we felt frustrated with ourselves or other people. Sometimes when we saw other people about to use their talents unproductively, we could step in as well. I remember one time a colleague who had input and achiever, she showed me the stack of about 50 articles that she had planned on reading over the weekend. And I said, let me help you with that. And I took away half the pile. And she just smiled and said thanks because she knew she was going to overdo it. Now, if this conversation is one with one of your team members and you're the supervisor, you can take the same approach. So let's take the example from today's question. This person wants to get things done, but the relationship person kept interrupting them to, well, build relationships. If your team knows and talks about strengths, you can simply say something along the lines, Brenda, I've noticed you like to come to my office to chat whenever you have a break. You have so many great relationship building talent themes, but it makes it difficult for me to get my work done. I need blank. And I left that sentence open-ended because 
This is where we're going to switch lanes and talk about setting boundaries. Now, I've done some episodes about this in the past, so I don't want to go deep into them here. But in a nutshell, boundaries are what you draw to protect yourself, including your energy. That does not mean that you ignore what other folks need, but it does mean that you put yourself on even footing to the needs of other people. And that's definitely something we're not used to doing. If you need uninterrupted time to get your work done, you can just say that. Going back to our example above, I enjoy our chats, but I also need to have times I can work uninterrupted. If you see my door closed, please do not stop by unless it's an emergency. And just by the way, if it's not an emergency, I will need to ask you to leave. Now, obviously, the details are going to vary based on your situation and what you need. And if you don't have an office door, you'll need to come up with some other signal to let Brenda know that you're busy. But what I want to clarify here is that when you set a boundary, you're both explaining what you need and also what you're going to do in certain situations. And that probably includes making a request of the other person. Like in this situation, you're asking Brenda if she can help you get what you need, which is uninterrupted work time, by not stopping by when she sees the door closed. But far too many people make the mistake that thinking the request is the boundary. And then they come back to me and complain that they've tried to make boundaries, but people are ignoring them. And that's because the power of this whole system comes from the end of that sentence. If it's not an emergency, I'll ask you to leave. And if that happens, you indeed tell them to leave. That is the powerful part of the boundary. It's stating that you're going to do X in certain situations. Now, would it be ideal if Brenda just never bothered you when your door was closed? Sure, but remember, we're creatures of habit. So you need to retrain her so that she understands this new dynamic. Now, this may seem harsh if you're used to ignoring your own needs, but if you've listened to other episodes on expectations, you will remember that famous quote from Brene Brown, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. You may think sucking it up and avoiding hurting someone's feelings is the kind thing to do, but when you consider how it's impacting your relationship and the team, is it? If that person knew that you were irritated but never said anything, how would they feel? Would you want to know it if one of your talent themes were getting in the way of your relationship with another person? I know I would. Plus, if you're not getting your work done, there is an excellent chance they are not either. I mean, they're going around talking to everybody because it's what they're enjoying in the moment. But they probably beat themselves up later when they have to work late, come in early, or realize that they're that much further behind. So when you set boundaries and communicate what you need using, again, a strengths-based language, you support one another in becoming your best selves. It helps everybody self-correct when their talent themes aren't showing up in productive ways, and it makes the team more productive as a whole. And just to clarify, this is about creating a balance 
and harmony between two people's or, or even the whole team's needs. It's not about you telling Brenda that talking to her is a waste of your time, but rather that these chats are happening too often and it's impacting your productivity. It's about asking the question, how can everybody get something they need so everyone feels appreciated for the things they contribute? And if the behavior that you need boundaries around doesn't fit neatly into your current schedule, find ways to create other ways of achieving this goal. For example, you could ask Brenda if she would like to have lunch on Tuesdays to catch up versus stopping by every day to chat. That way she and her talents feel valued, but in a way that works better with yours. So to wrap this up, having a well-rounded team is key to being productive for all of you, but that doesn't mean it's an automatic process. When folks' talents are showing up as strengths and everyone's communicating with that strengths language, it's easy for everybody to get their needs met and maximize their energy. But generally, we're not all that great at knowing where our talents are getting in our own way. When you're feeling frustrated about someone else's talents and how they're impacting you, the very first thing you need to do is step back and think about what's going on. Identify what you need from the situation so you can start a conversation and set appropriate boundaries. Keep in mind that folks are creatures of habit. And just because you've talked to somebody once, it it doesn't mean that they don't get it or that you won't have to mention it again. Remember, we have taught people how to treat us up to this point. And so this is you retraining people on how to treat you. So just keep having those conversations and reinforcing your boundaries. And after a short period of time, they should get it and things should change. And I will say that if for some reason the issue continues, say they refuse to listen or keep giving you excuses as to why they can't change their behavior, then yeah, it might be time to address the issue through other channels. So if you're their supervisor, it's a performance issue that needs to be addressed. And just be sure you're documenting things along the way in case you need to go down that disciplinary lane. If it's a coworker, talk to your supervisor. Let them know what you've done so far to address it and why it's problematic for you and your team. And I add this only because, yeah, sometimes it does get to this point. But if you and your teammates are communicating through a strengths lens and setting appropriate boundaries to protect your own energies, these things tend to resolve themselves the vast majority of the time. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, 
or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.